0: Welcome to 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Kreisman, and as always, I am excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show, and believe it or not, I actually am really excited to be talking about Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show, even though the news that Rockies fans got yesterday was certainly... Well, I'm going to drop this certainly out of that sentence. It wasn't good news in the grand scheme, but I want to explain why, as somebody who's regularly sort of, for lack of a better word, incredulous about these kinds of things, why I'm really, really not today. Uh, And and I want to say this up top. I 100% understand anybody who saw Todd Helton fall just short of the Hall of Fame yesterday and was very frustrated by it. I think there are a number of reasons why that's 100% fair. I'm just going to explain to you why I actually am not at all, even a little bit, despite the fact that I feel like I'm often captaining the ship of this is unfair to the Rockies, right? Like I am so often that guy. And look, I'm still that guy. And it still is. I just, one, have gotten used to it a lot over the years. And that doesn't make it okay. But two, The big thing is obvious and and clear at this point, that Todd Helton is going to get into the Hall of Fame. In fact, unless something incredibly bizarre happens, he'll get into the Hall of Fame next season, Uh, next year, I guess I should say, because it's not really based on seasons. Anyway, the, the jump was, of course, incredibly encouraging to go from just over 50%, 52% to just over 72%, right? That's a massive jump. And, you know, I was thinking about this in terms of, like, the level of emotional and just, like, pragmatic investment I had in the Larry Walker case. For 10 years, I worked on that. And lots of people did. A lot of you know uh, my friend Manny Randawa, Been on his show several times. He's been on my show several times. Over there with Mark Knudsen. They do a great job. Uh, and he wrote his book about the Blake Street Bombers. And obviously did a lot of lobbying for Larry Walker in that. A lot of us locally talked to national reporters when they come into town, uh, wrote various articles, podcasts, all that. I mean, I was pedal to the metal on the Larry Walker stuff for 10 years. And frankly, and... and whatever this may be a little bit self-aggrandizing but since i'm telling the the history of i will say i was one of the very first person in the walker thing was way harder he barely made it past that first ballot there was not you know this was long before manny's book and before national people like him people who aren't from here anyway were advocating and i've talked about before and I think it's worth repeating that I think one of the things that really did set us back, and I have reason to believe that Larry Walker agrees with this statement, was there was a big article written in the Denver Post after Walker became eligible. And it was actually mostly about Barry Bonds. And it was written by Troy Rank, who I enjoy. I've, I've met several times. He's always been super cool to me. I like Troy. Uh, he's great. He's especially a great football guy and he knows baseball very well. But he wrote this article that again was mostly about Barry Bonds and kind of in two paragraphs dismissed the candidacy of Larry Walker. And I think it sort of nationally gave a lot of other people a pass when they looked in and they said the the premier baseball guy from Denver is saying Walker wasn't good enough. So the rest of us don't really need to do that much research. We don't really need to look into it that hard. So we were really starting from behind the eight ball in terms of people not knowing Coors Field as well. You know, if you're listening to this, you know all the things that had to be done. Most of them having to revolve around Coors Field numbers and then the Rockies being bad, not being relevant, people not watching them, all of those types of things, right? So it really took an extraordinary amount of advocacy just to get people to pay attention to Larry Walker, right? And quite frankly, from a numbers standpoint, from the, quote, more objective standpoint, Walker has the better case. He has higher career uh, career wins above replacement. Uh, You know, the the batting numbers, whatever number you want to look at, Walker's probably better. There's also the fact that Walker played the beginning and end of his careers in other cities. So not all of his numbers are, you know, to some degree tampered with, I guess, by Coorsfield or whatever you want to look at it. And there were other fan bases that got to know him. And so, you know, the people of Montreal or St. Louis could also go, he was still great when he came to the Cardinals. And then he had a little, you know, those writers would dig in and write more about it. So he had advocates from all across the country and it still took, basically a Herculean effort from everyone involved to barely push Walker past the finish line by, I think it was three votes on his final ballot. And I'm here to tell you, friends, that took it all out of me. Um It's, for those of you that know, I I, I don't like to think too much on, on my past, uh, but it is one of the fondest memories that I have from my time covering the Rockies was being at the event where Larry Walker's name was called hosting an event is it being at as, as if I wasn't there like it was a big big day for me and when it finally happened because if Walker hadn't gotten in the amount of fire and vitriol that I was going to display was going to be embarrassing, quite frankly. I was going to embarrass myself out there, and I was willing to do it, you know, for the people, for the walker, for the justice of it all. But I, and I was so prepared all day, man. I remember I was not in a great mood. I, I figured there was a chance I was throwing a party for a hundred people that were all about to get their hearts broken, and I was going to have to stand there and talk about why you know, this hurts so much and how it is unfair. And I think a lot of the things that people are feeling right now about Todd Helton, like I saw a lot of tweeting yesterday. It's like, I'm so pissed. And I was like, I get it. I, I a thousand percent get it, you know, but I think when Walker got in, it lifted such a weight off of me personally (laughs) Because like I said, I I wrote my first article about Larry Walker his first year he was eligible. You know, I don't I wasn't even a full-time baseball writer at that point. So, you know, so I when I on yesterday, on the day of the yesterday, <laughs> on the fateful day of the yesterday, I think one thing that that sort of did tinge a bit was look I've, I've spent this entire offseason thinking Helton's going to fall just short I did the, uh, the top 10 reasons why he belongs in the Hall of Fame and we put that on Mile High Sports on YouTube make sure you're subscribed to the Mile High Sports YouTube channel go there check it out and I say right at the beginning of the video he's probably not going to get in this year You know, and then actually, as I saw some of the public ballots coming in and he was at over 80% and some of this momentum and more and more people adding him, I was like, shoot, that video might not age very well. He might get in this year, which fine by me, whatever, right? I'd rather the video not age well and him get in, but as I suspected, he fell just short, right? The only kind of hedging I did really was day of. I woke up, there was some energy in my discord, there was some energy on Twitter, uh, You know, and I thought, man, maybe this is actually going to be one of those days that goes down in Rockies history and we think about and remember. And, you know, I might be about to go and do the radio shows and and have a bunch of big fun articles to write and and do a big celebration of Todd Helton and we can kind of get 2023 kicked off with actually some great news for Rockies fans, right? And so there there was that kind of like, man, maybe this is going to happen. And then it didn't. And so I think for that, that's the biggest reason where I totally understand people who are upset and frustrated. And, of course, then there is the always central principle of, of course, he belongs. Now, look, that's been the case of Walker should have been in on the second or third ballot. Helton should have been in or first, whatever. There's also that conversation of what makes them more eligible on later ballots. But let's not get into the weeds on that. Right. The idea. Yes. The guy should already be in the Hall of Fame. Both of them should have already been in the Hall of Fame. It shouldn't take this amount of arguing and debating. You really should just be able to point at the statistics. They speak for themselves. If you want to adjust for course Field, we have stats that do that. And all of them suggest both guys belong very comfortably in the Hall of Fame. So, so there's that frustration, right? But that's no different this year than it was last year, than it was the year before, than it was the year before. For me... It was simply made clear yesterday that Todd Helton is going to be in the Hall of Fame. And that makes me very, very happy. That I actually saw yesterday as a massive win for, obviously the narrative isn't dead. If it was dead, he'd already be in the Hall of Fame. But the narrative is dying. That Coors Field just automatically turns you into this remarkable, incredible offensive player. I mean, I've been watching baseball at Coors Field since 1995. I almost said three because that's when the team started, but no. Coors in five. Right? I've been watching, eh, whatever. Mile High was also wonky. Baseball at altitude, been watching. The whole time we've had it. I was a very small child at the beginning, but still. Hundreds of players have put on the purple pinstripes or you know, the white or gray uniforms, the Rockies uniform. Ain't none of them Walker or Helton. And when we get into our minds, this ridiculous notion that the ballpark makes the player and not the other way around. So I get it. I've been there. I've done it with everybody. I, I've done it with Troy Tulowitzki, should have won rookie of the year. 2007 Matt Holiday should have been MVP. Todd Helton should have been MVP in 2000. Uh, Nolan Arenado should have won an MVP when he was in Colorado. There, there's a bunch of these down the line, right? But we're making progress. The jump for Helton showed me that more and more people are starting to listen to whether it be the advanced metrics or people that actually saw them play or, or just stepping back and taking a look at the longer history, now that the Rockies have been around for a little while, and saying, no, this isn't normal. This isn't just the standard for any Rockies player. You don't just go there and automatically become a 300 hitter, because look at all these guys who weren't 300 hitters, right? I think 3 it's been three, maybe four seasons in a row that the Rockies haven't had a single ball player on base over 400 for the season. Todd Helton on-base 416 for his career. And that came down pretty heavily at the end of his career. He he was basically a 420 hey on-base percentage guy for the first 14, 15 years of his career. And that's not just... Well, you know Coors Field. What's everyone else's problem? then? <laughs> why isn't everybody getting on base at four hundred percent? So four hundred percent at a four hundred clip. So yeah, we, we, again, we've we've been through there. I could rehash them again. I could run through the statistics. I feel like everyone listening to this knows what they are. So I just wanted to come in and say we're winning on this one front. As the as the guy who's always coming here and telling you. It wasn't fair to so-and-so. It's a DJ LeMay, he was underrated his entire career. I'll, I'll start doing the list again. There, there's still a lot of things and a lot of ways in which the Colorado Rockies are unfairly analyzed, especially when it comes to the national audience. And I know there were... Here, here was actually the most frustrating thing about this to me was... And I, I stole this point from Rocky superfan Will, who posted it in my Discord. I think he also tweeted it out. But... You know, Todd Helton fell short by 11 votes, right? And I think there were four people who turned in empty ballots and there were seven people who turned in ballots with only one name on them. So, essentially... If those people had just not turned in their ballots rather than voting against everybody or voting only for, like I think there were a couple that were A-Rod, there was one that was a Gary Sheffield only ballot, um, then Todd Helton would already be in the Hall of Fame as of this year. So... You know, I am moved to ask, what is the great tragedy if he just gets in next year? You know, I was—I had lingering frustration over the Walker thing. I had people try to tell me, now that he's in, you should let go of all the frustration and anger, because it doesn't matter that he barely got in on the 10th ballot, and Derek Jeter was almost unanimous on his first. And I was like, I disagree. I still think... The decade-long wait and barely getting in on the skin of his teeth is indicative of a problem, and and again, I would argue the same here. I that the fact that Todd Helton isn't already in, is indicative of a problem, but it's just one that I think is becoming less and less prevalent. Prevalent, prevalent. <laughs> Can't just invent words because you're not happy that a guy didn't get into the Hall of Fame. Not how this works. But yeah, so. It's funny to me. I guess here's the irony of it. Todd Helton's going to get in, like I said, probably next year. And so he'll he'll get in quicker than Walker did. Now, there are only two ways in which I can think that Helton has a better case for the Hall of Fame than Walker. One is the very nebulous, right? But but still, I think, important. But it's not really a part of his resume. But it's just, he's Mr. Rocky. You know, how much does that matter to your Hall of Fame vote or to a guy's career or whatever. That can be a, a whole interesting debate. But that's definitely one thing that Helton has over Walker. Todd Helton basically is the definitive face. I I, say, I take the basically out of there. Todd Helton is the definitive face of one of the franchises of Major League Baseball. I think that should matter. It seems to have mattered for other players at certain times. And so, yeah, he's got that, which... Walker doesn't have. But the one big thing that I wanted to extrapolate on a little bit more here before talking a bit about Scott Rowland and signing off is something I talked about in the video. His consistency in chaos. The, and this is something I want all of us on, on the local side or whoever's listening to this but who wants to fight back against these narratives pushing more and more so that people understand. Yes, yes, Having a certain number of at bats at Coors Field can bring your offense up, especially if you're a certain kind of hitter and you can deal with the hangover effects and other things that come with it. But look at how few players have longevity here. Walker doesn't even really meet that. Walker had a couple of. Injury-plagued seasons and, like I said, began and ended his career elsewhere and didn't have the longest of careers. That's one of the the marks on his resume was that if he'd just gone another two seasons, he'd probably had just the raw counting numbers that would have got him in much earlier. But Walker's career was cut short in terms of longevity as well. But I'm talking about Carlos Gonzalez. I'm talking about Troy Tulowitzki, I'm talking about Aaron Cook. You know, even to an extent, Charlie Blackman the wear and tear and how quickly these guys age and how prevalent the injuries can be, how difficult it can be mentally and physically to play 162 games a season, half of them at the most extreme altitude offensive environment in baseball that, oh, by the way, is also very difficult on your body in terms of recovery time. And then the other half where the statistics show Hitting the baseball on the road is harder for you than it is for anyone else in the game. So Todd Helton spent 17 years at a place that was harder on his body. Harder for him to adjust because of the extremes. And of course that plays a mental toll. The slumps you go into because the ball is moving differently at sea level versus altitude. And not that he went into too many slumps. But you know the places that like he really didn't hit well in Miami. Right. Stuff like that, where you just go, yeah, it's in a polar, extreme, opposite environment. And if you took, you know, just the Miami numbers away from Todd Helton's career, then he'd have absolutely ridiculous baseline slash line. Right. But it's obviously that's not how that works. But those are the types of things over the course of a career that when guys are talking about the extra batting average or the extra home runs or ribbies or whatever else you're going to get from playing at Coors Field, they don't talk about how many games do you guys typically miss because of difficulty recovering? Uh, how many extra slumps do guys go into because of all the things we've talked about and all, all the things you know about over the years, the ball moving differently, X, Y, and Z. And so that Halton weathered all of that and really is the one guy, the only one who you can look at and say, yeah, he has longevity and excellence in Colorado. Cargo and Tulo had their moments of absolute excellence. Ubaldo Jimenez. But longevity? Aaron Cook's career very tragically cut short. Largely due in part to piling up physical ailments that were not helped by the altitude. So when you put all of those things together... I still think that Larry Walker has the better case for just the random baseball mind, right? If you're going to grab a baseball fan off the street and just show the baseball reference pages for both guys, Walker still has the better case. But Helton's going to get in quicker. And the reason why is that we're winning. We're getting people to listen. We are finally, after 30 years, pushing back against this all-encompassing, very frustrating narrative. And no, it's not, like I said, we're going to have to keep doing it. There are still the, a lot of individual, you know, in-season ways, certain players, the pitchers are, are still a big one. But we, we got to talk about how underrated the pitchers are. But I, I think a lot of people now are just looking in at Todd Helton and going, what, what are we even doing here? Like what kind of – how – You know, funhouse mirror. Do you have to look at these numbers in order to make him not be one of those guys? And so, oddly enough, I ended yesterday very encouraged. Not angry in the least bit, uh, despite the fact that, yes, there are still enough people out there voting. Not voting against him, but rather not voting for him. But it's minuscule at this point. The demographics are changing. The thought process is changing. He's going to get in. and I, for one, am very, very happy about that. In the meantime, if there are people you think still need convincing, I do have a very handy video on Mile High Sports on the YouTube channel. <laughs> Head on over there. Check it out. Top 10 Reasons Why Todd Helton Belongs in the Hall of Fame. And he's going to be there. And it's going to be great. And I'm excited to do all of the celebratory things next year. And hey, honestly, the Rockies are probably going to be in a better spot next year to have a good or interesting season. So maybe kick off 2024 with some great news about Todd Helton, and you can head into a season where you're going to be competitive and carry all kinds of good, positive energy as opposed to, it'd be nice to get some good news as Rockies fans out there. I totally get it, but <laughs> 2023 is going to be that kind of year, right? Just kind of, <laughs> but whatever, we're going to go through it. And we're all going to go through it together. So, Thank you all for hanging out and listening to this episode. Let me know your thoughts and feelings where you are today on the whole Todd Helton thing. Are you feeling more encouraged by the progress he's made? Or are you just so sick and tired of Rockies fans not getting to have nice things? Let me know what you think out there on Twitter, Discord, wherever you can find me. Other than that, I only hope that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Kreisman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.